Welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. My name is Katherine Canty. I am the host and an executive coach. I work with teams, individuals, and leaders to help create measured leadership change. We do that using practical applications, and our clients are creating 100% measured results as seen by those around them. Not necessarily what I think or what they think, but what the other people are seeing. And they are being recognized for the hard work that they're doing. If you're interested in learning more about some of the work that we're doing, you can learn more at KatherineCanty.com. I would love for you to subscribe to this show, to Business Vitality. This is my way to continue to pay it forward and share business best practices. Stay tuned and listen to the interview. Thanks for being here. I am Katherine Canty. I am the founder and CEO of Canty Advisors, found on the web at KatherineCanty.com. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I'm switching it up. I thought it would be fun to be able to share experiences from my past. I've got three different experiences to share with you um, in regards to a topic that popped up yesterday when I was working with some folks. And it's also been a theme within some of my coaching engagements. And what I have found is there is no clear checklist to creating success. And so today I want to be able to share this uh, live with you. I record these lives on Mondays at 1.30. And I wanted to be able to share this with you. 1.30 Eastern, you can find it on LinkedIn Live, you can find it on YouTube Live. And uh, if you want to learn more about me or any of the work that I'm doing, you can find me at KatherineCanty.com. And I look forward to sharing this with you. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for being here. Not everybody knows exactly what they want. Not everybody has the answers to the questions that you're looking for. And I think we need to stop putting so much pressure on our managers and our our folks that are maybe above us in leadership positions. Don't put the pressure on them to solve your problem. My name is Catherine Canty. I'm an executive coach and a podcast host of Business Vitality. And this is something that kind of keeps resurfacing. It resurfaced again last night when I was speaking with a group of leaders around the globe. And they wanted to know how to navigate the path. And I had to tell them that um, the path isn't always there. And sometimes you have to create the path for yourself, for the business, for whatever it is you're going after. And I want to dig into that. I, I shared a couple of examples of the best stuff in my life that happened did not have a path. Somebody didn't say, here's the checklist of what you need to do. The best stuff that has happened in in my career and in business is because I was curious and I explored options and I figured out, is this something that I want to keep exploring or is this something I want to walk away from? Walking away from something is not a terrible thing. It's your time. You get to do whatever you want with it. If it's no longer a good fit, it's no longer bringing you energy. It's no longer, um, you know, filling your cup. It's your life. You get to do whatever you want. And um, there's other options out there. And there's folks that are, you know, dying to be able to work with you and 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 be with you. So I wanted to take today and just share some examples of realizing that sometimes we have to create our own solutions for the opportunities that we're trying to create. Um, again, my name is Catherine Canty. You can learn more about me at KatherineCanty.com. I help individuals and teams actually create measurable change. We do that using practical applications. Because we use practical applications, we are able to accelerate and sustain results. 
And as a former banker, 20 plus years in banking, I like the fact that we can measure leadership change. We can measure change. Change is hard. Change is not for everyone. And what I've learned over the years working with people like Marshall Goldsmith is that we can actually measure behavior change as perceived by others around us. And I really liked his framework. I've, I've reached out to him, applied to work with him and learned a lot. And as I learned, I said, gosh, I really like this. Maybe this is what's next after banking. And, you know, he's refined this framework that's been around for four decades. So it's proven. I like the fact that it's practical applications because people don't have any more time in their day to add one more thing. So if we can tweak existing conversations and create some forced reflection in there, I think that's what a lot of us are missing is the reflection part. Um, we can figure out how to create change within organizations, within communities, within whatever it may be. And um if you're curious, you want to learn more about some of the work that I'm doing, um, you can reach out to me. You can schedule a, a complimentary call. There's a, a book, a call link on my website, KatherineCanty.com. But I love getting to work with leaders and their teams to create measured change within organizations. And uh, we do that using practical applications. And I'm, I'm thrilled that 100% of my clients have been able to create measured success and I love to be able to find ways to pay it forward. I do that with my podcast called Business Vitality. It's been out there for about three years now. I think we're heading into our fourth year. And what we do is we, we celebrate leaders and ask leadership type questions, because what I have found in my own personal experience is if we grow the people, the business grows as well. And if we grow the business super fast, but we're not growing the people at, at a close pace right there at it, the people are going to are going to kind of fail. They're going to flounder. They're not going to survive because we're not growing them like we're growing the business. And a lot of times working with CEOs, the largest line item on their on their budget was always employee expense or employee investment, depending on how you want to look at that. You know, when you look at salaries, you look at benefits, you look at what that line item is, it's significant. So what are you doing to keep that investment in tune? What are you doing to make sure that you've got the top of the top that are working? What are we doing to move the B players to A players? If we got C players in there, are we giving them a shot to turn into B players? And if a B player is the best they can do, that's great. We still need B players to be able to support our A, a leaders. Um, and so what are we doing with that in a business sense line item? How are we investing in these folks? And what I have noticed is working with sponsors who are sponsoring this leadership development behavior within organizations, what I'm noticing is the folks that I'm coaching, they want some kind of clear path. They want a checklist. They want to know that, you know, if I do A, B, and C on this checklist, I'm going to get a promotion. That has never worked for me in my life at all. And I don't know where the dissolution is coming from. And as I was speaking with some leaders um, last night, I realized the best stuff that happens is because I worked hard and I kept those around me looking really good. So when I make these people look good, they know they know who's surrounding them. They know who they want to call whenever the next opportunity comes. 
But not only that, I have to let them know that I'm curious and I want to consider taking on another opportunity. And there's, you know, ways to be able to do that. And um, so I wanted to share kind of my experience over the past 20 plus years in corporate. And then as I transitioned out of corporate, um, you know, some of the best stuff that happened, the best stuff that happened was not planned. It was, you know, maybe just working hard and consistently showing up and a little bit of luck. And um, I'm extremely fortunate to get to have the relationships that I got to have. I got to travel. I got to see all these different clients. I got to relay conversations back and forth. And um, I remember the very first um, opportunity that was just a game changer for me. I was probably 24 and I was working in finance at the time and I was looking for some way to grow. And I knew that there was going to be more. I was doing two and three hundred percent of my sales goals and I knew that I needed more. But I knew that this this company was no longer a good fit for me. And um, so what I ended up doing was reaching out to my network and asking for help, which is step one, asking for help, not in a negative, like pull people down. Like I hate my job. This is horrible, but be uplifting, share successes. Talk about how you're just, you want more. You want to serve more. You want to help more. And when we ask these questions, we begin to hear, well, so-and-so is looking for somebody who's upbeat and can get results. And, and they're looking for something or they're looking for someone that can grow with them and, and grow with the business. And I remember that particular um, position. I was 24. I interviewed for eight months, eight months of interviews. It was excruciating. And I just remember you know, the, the position wasn't open yet or they had to vet the folks that were in-house. And it was just like this slow relationship building. They wanted to make sure they weren't hiring the wrong person. And that was totally fine. Um, and so, you know, we got we got all the way down to the end and, and they made an offer. And I said, yeah, like, let's give it a shot. And what intrigued me about the position, I remember sitting there with this executive and they said it will never be the same thing twice any day. And it was never the same thing twice any day for 12 years. So it was a great um, opportunity. Uh, I knew nothing about the business. Um, I went from repossessing cars to selling overnight repurchase agreements at this bank. And um, so that was a big transition to, to be able to speak one repo versus a different repo. I like these new repos, overnight investments. And I got to create solutions that were literally nobody. I started at ground zero with this and they realized that they wanted to kind of start this stuff, this program, cash management up. And as they did that, I remember my hiring manager totally, you know, non-traditional, having to meet me in a McDonald's parking lot at eight o'clock at night to sign HR paperwork. So I brought my husband around with me and uh, I was like, either this is going to be great or he's crazy. And so I signed the paperwork because we had to get HR paperwork out of the way. And then I was able to, to go ahead and start. And so we got it. We got it all done. And I go in there and start and he introduces me to everybody. And then he says, I'm going to need um, a list of all the products and services and everything that we can do. I need it documented and I need it so we can actually go out and sell. And by the way, I'm going to France for three weeks. If you can get it done while I'm gone, that's great. 
So this was a position that, that just kind of opened up. It wasn't something that was really defined. He would just give me projects over the time. And so I went out there and interviewed all the operational folks in this building, 150 people. Did not know the first thing about bank operations, but they were willing to uh, to take all my questions. And I scheduled time with each manager and listened to how the research worked, to how the statement rendering room worked, to how the check processing area worked, to just anything and everything you can think of, call centers, to verifying signatures on checks, to how do you reconcile somebody who writes 10,000 checks a day? Um, and those folks I loved. They were incredibly patient. They were kind. Um, those relationships built over the years still exist today. And I loved every minute. It was learning and it was not a checklist. He just said, I need you to go document it. I'll be back in three weeks. When he got back, I had a three ring binder of everything that we needed. It naturally progressed from sales forms into setup forms. I got to know these people very well. I said, how can I make my position easier for you guys? I'm going to go out and see customers. What do you need? What are the setup forms looking like? Why do these things look like they've been photocopied on these copiers 1400 times and they're all crooked and they don't look good? And they said, yeah, we just haven't had time to fix it. I said, okay, well, do you need all this stuff? They're like, no, we only need like half a page one, page seven and seven and beyond. Everything else we just, we throw away. I'm like, all right, then why don't we streamline this process, redo these forms, and then we can reduce the paper and improve the customer experience. And by the way, can I not see how your computer screen set up? And can I just start putting in the fields that mirror the way your system is so you don't have to flip page to page? And it was a win-win situation. And, and again, none of this stuff was just written down, but we were able to build relationships and be able to help each other along the way. And, and I loved every minute. Um, if you're just listening, my name is Catherine Canty. I'm an executive coach and a podcast host of Business Vitality. I uh, help individuals and teams create measured leadership change. And we do that using practical applications. Because we use practical applications, we are able to accelerate the results. And 100% of my clients have been able to create measured success. Today, we're talking about you know, we got to stop asking other people around us what we've got to do to get the promotion. We've got to stop asking other people around us. Um, how do I get to the next level? Because you're wearing these people out, y'all. Like you are wearing them out. I'm hearing it on the coaching calls. You're wearing me out um, in regards to why can't I get a promotion? It's been 18 months. It just doesn't work that way all the time. And sometimes you got to pay it forward and you got to make other people look really, really good for a little while before an opportunity comes up. And you also have to ask for it. And, you know, I want to share a, another experience that I had after I had 12 years with, with this one organization with cash management. I totally went from repoing cars to selling overnight repurchase agreements. And then, so that's on the deposit side. Then I go to a different bank because I reached out because I knew it was time to grow and, and kind of see what else is out there. And yes, I'm just fast forwarded 12 years and there's a lot more stories. Um, if you like this um, uh, kind of winging it scenario, I can keep sharing stories if, if, if you like. But I went from repoing cars to selling overnight repurchase agreements to going to a bank that doesn't even take deposits. 
And again, reached out to an individual that I stayed in touch with. We had worked in the past and we were able to grow that cash management business together. He since retired, he went over to this other group and I just joked with him. I'm like, you know, you're never really happy and smiling when we were working together in the cash management world, but now you're happy and smiling over here at this other bank. So if something opens up, will you keep me in mind? And he would just laugh and he'd leave, you know, after lunch, he'd laugh and walk off. Well, fast forward years and years later, I probably was about two years or so. And um, he said, yeah, something, something opened up. Well, he called me while I was on maternity leave. And um, so we decided to, to meet. And I said, I don't know anything about this lending side of the business. I've always been on the cash side. He was like, it's not that hard. You've got to manage relationships. You're really good at managing relationships. I said, okay. He said, matter of fact, it's even easier than what you're doing right now. I said, how so? And he said, look, you've got 42 brands where you're working right now, 42 charters, 42 board of directors, 42 correct ways of doing business. He said, over here, we only have 19. It's half, like super easy. Just got to manage relationships. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm on maternity leave. Nothing else is going on. If you knew me at the time, I had just moved into um, a house that we had renovated. My husband was shutting down a business. He was starting up another one and we just had a baby, like I mentioned. So I was like, sure, let's leave 12 years of knowing the norm and switch it and uh, and go over to uh, this other bank that I don't know anything about. But I did know that other guy and I was like, you know, I enjoyed working with him. He's creative, supportive. He's a sponsor, you know, he's got my back. So um, I decided to take a chance and go do that. And again, this was not me walking into an environment with a predetermined checklist. This was a, a group of executives who've been doing this business for a very long time. And they were looking for new ideas. They were looking for ways to respond to the changes in the market. And what they had, they didn't want to keep doing. And, and they, they took a shot on me and, you know, they only had 19 relationships. I managed three in the beginning and within 90 days, our team would be individually scored on, on how well we performed. My manager, not the guy, not my sponsor in there, but my manager said, look, you got to keep a three out of five to keep your job. I was like, I really want to keep my job. I just left another one. So he said, you got to keep a three. So scale of one to five, three, you get to keep your job. I was like, fingers crossed. I get to go keep my job. And within 90 days, I remember he came in, he closed the door. The manager did. He started laughing and I thought, oh, dear God, this is it. Like it's over. And um, he laughed and he sat down on the chair and he was like, I don't know how you did it. it took me 10 years, but uh, you managed to do it in 90 days. I was like, OK, this is great. What are we talking about? He said, all of your customers came back, all your CEOs came back and gave you a five out of five star rating for the relationships that you're building, for the communication that you're doing with them. He said, what are you doing? You don't know anything about their business, about the lending side. You don't know anything about this. How'd you do it? I said, well, you know, there's not like a predetermined checklist of everything that we need to do to go build relationships. I didn't tell him that. But what I did know was I was listening to what the customers wanted, listening to what the customers wanted. And some of them wanted a lot, like a lot to the point where like I built out Excel spreadsheets of everything that they wanted because it was very overwhelming and I didn't know how we were going to manage this. 
And, you know, they weren't big things. It wasn't anything earth shaking, but it was just important to the customer. And again, you know, sometimes when they give us four and five and six different things, 20 or 30, 40 different things, we got to like show that we're listening and we've got to write this stuff down. And even though, you know, we may be in the coaching piece of, of business today with me, I still find value in writing stuff down. We've got to be able to show active listening and write this stuff down. When we do that, we're showing that we're valuing the other person's time. We're showing that we're probably going to go follow up with these particular items. We have a mutually agreed upon document. You know, if I create it and they were like, yeah, that's everything. They feel heard. Now we've got like a game plan that we can work towards going together. And, you know, as I coach with with folks and executives and teams, I'm like, write this stuff down, show active listening, show that you care enough to be able to have um, some transparency between what are we working on and who owns what piece. And I just remember in the very beginning of that particular role that didn't really have a checklist of like, what are you going to do when you go out there? I didn't know. I did know that I wanted to listen to the customer first and second capture whatever information that they had. And that whatever they valued as important, so then I could bring it back and hopefully translate the language into operations speak. Because, you know, you got customer speak and you got operations speak. Operations speak, we can use acronyms for an entire paragraph and nobody knows what we're talking about except for that person in operations. Every acronym in the book, I feel like, is in banking and probably any other industry that, that you may be in. So we all have these acronyms. And my job, my opinion, my job was to take what the customer needed and break it down to operations and then get operations to tell me what they could and couldn't do and then break it down to the customer. And it always had to align with what we were doing with the boardroom strategic vision. So I think of it as a kind of a three legged stool, but we've got to create communication between these three different areas. And um, with this unique opportunity to get to go out and talk to these three customers, I loved it. Like I got to go listen frontline opportunities, I wouldn't call them problems, but opportunities to get to solve and be able to bridge the communication along the way. And I loved it. And to go back to winging it and not always having a solution and not exactly knowing the path that we need to go. We had an opportunity to call on a new client. Um, a new client in this environment was unheard of. And I took a chance and there was no script. There was no um, path of, of how do you navigate this kind of stuff. I just wanted people to know that, you know, if there's an opportunity to go work on this new client relationship, I would love to be considered. So I had a track record at the time I had been there, I believe probably four or five years. And this opportunity came up probably around four years. And at that point I had, um, moved my customer base from three to five of the 19 and was able to really take a long list of issues and drill them down to where, you know, just had regular cadence and maintenance and all that good stuff. And I, I mentioned, I just said, Hey, you know, if the opportunity comes up. I sure would love the opportunity to get to go work on this new prospect, this new client. And then I stepped back and I let it marinate and I just kind of let it be. A lot of folks I'm working with right now, and I guess maybe not a lot, but a handful are coming to mind where they're just so worried about the promotion. 
They need the promotion. They need the promotion. They're worried about what Steve is doing and what Mary is doing. They're not worried about what they're doing. Stay focused on yourself. Stay focused on delivering results. And if you're doing a good job, you'll get recognized and you'll get promoted. It's the way it works. But when you're beating these people down, you're beating your managers down, you're beating the sponsors down, you're beating HR down. And they're like, why can't I get promoted like everybody else? I do more work than they do. And that may be true. But are you doing the right work or are you just doing work to show that you're doing more work than these other people? Because if you're not getting promoted, you're not doing the right work. You're not doing the right recognition. You're not you're not creating the right change. You're not focused. You're not aligned. And so often during these coaching, you know, alignment calls, I'm learning the individual thinks that they're doing the right work. And then I align up with the manager, the sponsor, the folks in the organization. And they're like, oh, they did the work. But that's not what we need them to do. They're busy doing things, but that's not what we need them to do. Um, so, you know, if you're not getting the promotion, you're not doing the right work. You may be doing work, but you may not be doing the right work. And these promotions, they just don't happen. And so we've got to be able to open up our ears, listen to the conversations, what's going on around us. Um, but I want to bring back to the point that there were opportunities that came up. I didn't even know this existed. There was no checklist, but I wanted the opportunity to call on their first new client in over 20 years. I wanted the opportunity to be considered to help manage that relationship. I asked for it. I stepped away. I let them kind of think it over. They came back to me based off of my track record and gave me a shot. So my name is Catherine Canty. I'm an executive coach and a podcast host of Business Vitality. Business Vitality, I share best practices with businesses and, and leaders. And um, I've been having this podcast recorded now for probably three or four years. And if you want to listen to some of those uh, case studies and best practices, they're out there. They're found on all the major um, um, outlets for podcasts. And on my executive coaching work, I'm one of 12 of Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder Center coaches in the U.S. And all 100% of my clients have been able to create measured success using Stakeholder Center coaching. And I help teams and individuals create measured change using practical applications. Because we use practical applications, we're able to accelerate the results. And today, I want to talk about three different opportunities that have come to me, not because I completed a checklist, but because I wanted to figure out, I wanted to lean in, I wanted to find my own opportunities. And the first thing I talked about was my cash management role, where I went from repoing cars into selling overnight repurchase agreements. I did that for about uh, 12 years, and it was a great learning experience. But what I learned from there was there was no checklist to getting promoted. And yeah, it was great to be promoted. It was great to have the, the, the bonuses and the incentive pay. But what I really loved was the additional opportunity to be at the table, the additional opportunity to be able to deliver results to the leaders that were around me. Because when I delivered results to them, it highlighted my work and they wanted to bring me in to be able to do more work to help grow the business. The second thing I, I talked about was an opportunity that I decided to try in the middle of a whole lot of other life stuff going on that I just shared. And I uh, went to go manage relationships, not on the deposit side, but on the lending side and the technology side. And, you know, it, it was 
no deposits. It was all lending, all technology, all that operation stuff that happens. And I stuck my neck out and said, hey, you've got first new customer in 20 years. There's no checklist for this, by the way. But I asked, is there a chance for me to be considered to be able to, to ma manage that relationship? And so I kind of put my neck out there for it, but I was able to lean on my past four years experience of delivering results within the organization. So when I did ask very clearly, not a whole lot of words, if there's an opportunity, I would love to be considered. It is as simple as that. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it's not, the world has plenty of opportunities out here for us. So share those two examples. The third one I want to share that is not a checklist is what I'm doing right now. There is no checklist to building a business. Um, you can have some good fundamentals, but there's not, man, if I do one, two, and three, I'll be an overnight success. doesn't work that way. Same thing in business with your current position. You can be in this position and you can continue to you know, do the job description, but just because you do it doesn't mean that you're going to deliver the results. And in my previous example, just because you're busy doesn't mean you're busy doing the right stuff. So I want to be able to share that, you know, I'm kind of winging it today, talking about three different experiences that have happened to me that happened because there was no script. There was no outline. I just had to figure it out. And just like today with this coaching business that I have, you can learn more about me at KatherineCanty.com. But the coaching business is a result of my past experiences and being able to pay it forward and to be able to help others. And the folks that have hired me since I've been able to leave corporate are my existing CEOs that I worked with in the past. And so I was able to build relationships and deliver results with them. And now I want to continue to, to pay it forward and be able to support them and their teams and just slowly build successes. And it's going to be a different type of slow success building than when I was in corporate. So I had the immediate teams that were around me that were watching me every day. And today it's just going to be different. But I'm curious and I want to continue to lean into the curiosity. I want to take the, the overwhelming, the complicated. I want to break it down into small steps. I want to know what I can deliver. I want to just remain, you know, one person called me very tenacious is just that constant going at work every day and just showing up and seeing what we can do and what we can deliver and understanding the client needs. And a lot of the work that I do comes from those experiences that I had in corporate America, understand what the client needs, understand what we can do kind of in that back room to be able to deliver to the client. And how does that strategically align? How does that keep moving us forward? And, you know, all of this stuff is not something that's pre-described. So my deposit days were not pre-described. We had to figure this out. We had to wing it. Bringing in the first new customer in 20 years in this second scenario that I shared, there was no checklist. It had been 20 years. There's a lot of stuff that's moving around, stuff that's been covered up for 20 years that you got to find. And then this third example, starting a business four years ago, you got to wing it. You got to figure it out. You got to get your first step into the water. And then you got to figure out, do you want to take the second step? And you just have to keep leaning in and showing that curiosity. And, you know, I wanted to kind of switch it up today. 
I like to switch it up and have different podcast guest interviews. I like to be able to kind of tell you what I'm seeing, you know, working with clients. And today I just kind of wanted to, to wing it and share that there are examples that have happened in my life that were not predetermined checklist, that we just have to be curious, that we have to get other people around us to look really good so they remember to call us. So then we'll have the next opportunity. And I just wanted to be able to have this opportunity to be able to share with you. Um, if you have questions or comments, I, you know, reach out to me. My website is katherinecanty.com. You can schedule a complimentary call. Um, in that call, a lot of times people start out with, I don't know if you can help, but can you listen? That is every client call that I've ever been on. Don't know if you can help, but can you listen? And yes, I can listen. And I like to take the complicated and break it down into tangible steps that we can then go accomplish and create success. We can co-create success. And um, I look forward to hearing from you. If there is anything that I can do to support you in the meantime, please let me know. And um, one good thing to do right now would just be figure out how to pay it forward for somebody else. Somebody's going to help you today. How can you help somebody else? So we may not be able to help somebody the exact same way they helped us, but we can help somebody else in our way, in our skill set to be able to pay it forward. So figure out a way to pay it forward today and uh, know that that goodness is coming back full circle for you. And uh, I really appreciate you being here. If you want to learn more, my website's katherinecanty.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you like it, please subscribe, share this episode or this show with other people around you. The greatest form of a compliment is a referral. I really appreciate this. And if you think that you want to learn more about some of the work we're doing, I encourage you to reach out to katherinecanty.com. You can schedule a call or just continue to read articles and information that we post out there. Thank you so much for being here.